Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, we are moving past COVID today and getting back into some type of normalcy. We're talking about the new lead technician. She's not quite uh, up to the standards. Uh, our uh, writer, Raul, is, um, is you know, he's thinking like, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. Stephanie and I have clear ideas about what to do here. Check them out. Let's get into this. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. We are supported by Pet Desk Gang. These are uncertain times, but the one thing we can be certain about is that we are going to have to communicate with pet owners now and in the future. Guys, Pet Desk has a five-star rated mobile app that lets you communicate with your clients when and where they want to. They can do things like request appointments, refill prescriptions, do two-way messaging, and access medical records all without a phone call. If you'd like to learn more, we actually have a special offer. Head over to petdesk.com slash uncharted. That's petdesk.com slash uncharted. Check it out. And we are back. It's me, and Stephanie, mask on, epic mask off, goss. <laughs> oh, my God. How's it going, Andy? Oh, how <laughs> is it going indeed? <laughs> I'm doing a Skype call with a woman wearing a mask. Uh, it's that kind of world. It is that kind of world. It's it's very surreal. It's um, I I can't think of a better descriptor for where we're at in life than surreal right now. That is the craziest thing in my life. I mean, for sure. I mean, just the general like, what is going on? Yeah, no, never anything close to it. I mean, the fact that I am having, t- I'm sitting in my bedroom and I am having to wear a mask, uh, and I am self isolated and trying to manage my children from. A room that I can't leave and uh, just hope and pray that my yelling into the other end of the house is going to resolve situations. I That's... see them. I see them just like dancing, eating things they're not allowed to eat just oh, they're... right outside your door. <laughs> they're they're 100 percent. It is uh, about 930 in the morning here in in Washington. And for those who are like, what in the hell are they talking about? Um, I am currently on quarantine. Uh, I have been uh, tested for COVID and I'm waiting for my test results to come back. And so I am having to self-isolate within my house. And so uh, my children are out of school and they announced this week that they are not going back to school. Maybe ever at this point is how it feels. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but certainly for the rest of the year. And uh, it's 930 in the morning and they, I'm pretty confident, had a donut for breakfast and are now sitting eating Tic Tacs and playing Minecraft. And that is where my life is at right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I could have bought I... stock in Minecraft before this hit, I would have. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> oh my God. And you know, I, at some point I just had to lower my expectations as a parent and say, you know what? No one is screaming. No one is crying. You're fine. I'm fine with this right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this has shown uh, shown a lot of us like what is real in this world. Yes. I'm like, you know what? Grades are a construct. <laughs> you know, like, grades are they're man made. They're artificial. You know what's oh. not man made and artificial? The stick that my children are trying to poke each other with. <laughs> oh man, how are you guys surviving over there? We are largely good. Um, so, um, my wife is a college professor and she's working like crazy trying to do a good job, um, with putting stuff online and like, she's really giving it her absolute 100% best. God bless her. She's amazing. But she is honest to God trying to give these students their money's worth, um, doing an online version of her college courses. And so she really is putting in the work and she's filming and she's making these interactive lessons and modules online. Um, and it, is, it takes multiple times more uh, effort and multiple times more effort and time to make these things than it does for her just to teach the class. And so sure. she's actually working significantly harder. And, um, you know, I'm doing the same stuff everybody else is doing. It's kind of stressing a little bit to go to the clinic. And then, you know, we're kind of making it, making it otherwise here at home sort of. 
isolating and managing kids. But um, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting. I I will tell you today. Um, you know, there's always the health concerns and things like that. But um, so we're trying to look at the bright side. Today was the first day that I really kind of looked around and said, you know, I've been spending a lot of time with my kids recently, and we've had a lot of fun. And my daughter is baking brownies and cookies and stuff, you know, yeah. on the regular. And yeah. she's really loving that. And, you know, it's just stuff that we don't have time to usually do. Yeah. We're doing now, you know, and, and they, we were all working around the house today, just doing spring cleaning, like as a family. And, yeah, and there are moments like that when I sort of say, wow, this is, there's something, you know, like the, there are some bright points to all of this if you just stop and appreciate them at a, at a small level, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. So today yeah. was the first day I felt that way at all. So that's, that's I feel like that's a step towards normalization <laughs> is starting to, not only to even accept it, but just to go, uh, you know what? Right. There there are some upsides. I mean, they don't weigh out the, the downsides, of course. But at least if we're in it, there are some things you can go, huh, well, that could be worse. That's awesome. I I think that having some positivity is always a good thing, right? Like, I mean, trying to trying to I think everybody is trying to just do their best and make the best out of the situation, which is a really, really crappy situation. And I think that that's I think we kind of most parents that I know have hit that point where you're just like I'm going to, I'm going to have fun and maybe we don't, you know, get all the school assignments done today, but maybe we, you know, play a game together or maybe we go take a walk together or we, you know, do spring cleaning or whatever. And for me, I, you know, I would far rather, I'm glad that my kid's school takes the same approach because I would far rather just spend some time with the kids and, you know, do something engaging with them than be like, let me figure out how to teach you, (laughs) you know? Right. I, I, I think that there's a lot to that. Allison's mother, so my wife's mother, just tested positive for COVID uh, the day before yesterday. And so that obviously has been a huge stressor for our family. They live here in town. Uh, we hadn't been in contact. We'd sort of sort of self-isolated away from of them as well as everybody else. And um, so so no concerns about, you know, the, the kids or anything like that or me or Allison coming in contact. But as you can imagine, it caused us lots of stress. And uh, her parents are older than us right. uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, and I think that that may be the reason why I'm looking at the bright side now is because I just can't yeah. keep, I just can't, I just can't be, I just can't be negative all the time. I just can't be down all the time. Like I have a hundred percent turned off the news. Yeah. My, uh, my sister-in-law calls us and she lives in New York City, and every day she gives us a report on the temporary morgues they're setting up around the city. And I'm like, "What? That just doesn't do you any like right. it doesn't do any good for you to know that or to dwell on that. It doesn't change what you're doing. Yeah. If you want to leave the city, then leave the city. And if you're going to stay there, then stay there and be really smart. Right. But keeping up with you know the body counts is just morbid and scary. And if it's not going to affect what you do right. I don't think it's worth it I just don't well and so I think I think both you and I have come to the point where we're getting a little bit sick of talking yeah. about and thinking about COVID constantly and you know we it's been important for us to talk about it a lot and be open and honest with the uncharted community in particular you know as we've gone forward with things but I think both of us are ready to talk about something completely unrelated to COVID today, right? (laughs) Yes, we said that we were going to do that last week. It is time to get back to some degree of normal because the world is going to continue to spin. And, uh, and let's go ahead and, and talk about, let's talk about a case that we got. We got this question before everything kind of broke out. So, um, so I hope it's still going to be useful to the person who sent it. We're going to call him, um, Raul. And so Raul, wrote us a letter and he says, I am a supervisor for a department in a large hospital. I used to be the, uh, I used to be a technician in this department. Take on it. I used to be a technician in this department a few years back. I now have a lead technician that I don't feel like is fulfilling the position as lead tech. 
When management decided to make her lead, there was nothing in place as expectations that I needed from her since we had never had a lead technician in my department. I have since gone over a job description for her, and I don't feel like she is really stepping up to the plate. She is a great technician that came from a leadership position before, and the techs respect her. I feel like she avoids confrontation, so she doesn't help with staff interpersonal issues. I am very involved with my staff. I like to be there for them uh, and voice that to them. I do have a hard time letting my lead tech train my new employees, although she does an okay job. It's not the way I would do it. For some reason, I have a hard time confronting her with this. I don't want her thinking she's not doing a good job, but I don't think she's doing enough as a lead tech. I have a new hire starting, and I really just want to be in charge of her training. I just don't have the time always to do so. Anyway, not sure if this is something that you want to talk about, but putting it out. Love, Raul. <laughs> Raul, we love Raul. you too. Yeah, we love you too, Raul. <laughs> All right, so let's summarize what we've got here. So Raul ha- was a technician in a yes. department, and now he's been made um, uh, into – he's taken a, a management position. Right. Um, he was a technician. The department that he's over, they just created the lead technician position. That te- That position has not – uh, existed before. Right. So there was a, a tech that was put into that position. Uh, the other technicians respect her. Um, she does not seem to want to deal with the interpersonal issues maybe, or she's not jumping in. He, uh, Raul feels like she's just not really stepping up to the leadership position, uh, to the job description that was created very, very recently. Mm-hmm. And then he talks a bit about training. Um, he, thinks she does an okay job with training, but he would really rather do it, but he doesn't think that he has time to do it, or he doesn't always have time to do it, and uh, he's wrestling with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much here. I love, this is so juicy. I <laughs> love, so much it. Here. <laughs> I love it. All right. Do you want to just start at the top of the email? Yeah, let's, let's start with the first the first of the big juicy chunks. Okay. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. There is a lot of things here. I, I am just going to, um, I am going to go ahead and just put uh, this down right at the very front. I'm not throwing Raul under the bus, but our new lead technician has been set up to fail. In yeah. my opinion, looking at this, the odds are all against her. Right. And again, we're only getting what's here in this in this email. Sure. But she has been set up to fail, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? I do. And I think I think it'll be interesting because I imagine listeners right now going, What what are what are they talking about? Like, how is she getting set up to fail? Uh, um, but I but screwed. I do one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, she so she's screwed um in, in a lot of ways and not not necessarily by Raul. There are things that he can right. do right. to fix this. And so I'm not like, Raul, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> I think Raul can fix this by buying into what I'm saying about this tech has been set up to fail. Okay. So um, so let's go ahead and start about, let's start with the job, with the job description thing. Yep. So there's no job description coming in, um, but one has been created. Yep. How do you feel about that? So that's, I mean, that's number one on the the list here for me is that how do you how do you start someone in a position without a job description and free free form it for however long that was being free formed and then be like oh, okay maybe we actually do need a job description and some expectations that's really that's really hard I think a lot of us have been there because let's be real in veterinary medicine we really suck at the concept of having clear job descriptions and clear um, roles and responsibilities. And it never ceases to amaze me how often I talk to a hospital. And when I ask them, you know, they're, they're talking about a challenge or a problem that they're having. And when I ask them, do you guys have job descriptions? The answer is no, even for basic jobs, let alone specific jobs like this, where you're putting a lead technician into a role and you're asking them to fulfill expectations if you don't clearly define that for them, then you are setting them up to fail immediately. Yeah. 
I think that so clear expectations are key, right? Like we we've talked about this a million times. Mm-hmm. Give you've got to as a leader, you've got to try to give people clear expectations. Um, when you start someone in a new job and you don't have clear expectations for them, that that's going to be hard. I've done that. I have absolutely done that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, I I'm sure that once we get her started. We'll figure out what she needs to do and what she's good at, and we can sort of mold and adapt. Right. And so it, it can be done. It is just difficult, a uh, period. So it's just difficult. What often happens, especially with something like a lead technician, if we don't start with a clear job description, then how do we train and onboard? Right. right? If we don't know as this new person comes in, what we need them to do, then how do we get them up to speed? How do we get them the skills they need? How do we you know, make them feel comfortable and get them on board? And so we start without a job description. Then there is no onboarding. There is no training. They kind of get in. And this makes me think that this lead technician probably flailed around a lot. And not, again, not necessarily Raul's fault. Like this may be something that, that comes from the top or whatever. Right. But I worry that we miss the opportunity to get her started on the right foot, give her guidance, mentorship, training, and clear goals for her position. And so that's the first way that I say that she was set up to fail. Uh, and again, just extrapolating from what I'm reading, right. I think she was set up to fail from the onboarding. And when a job description is established later on, there we run into a, a common problem, which is a buy-in problem. So... If I hire you, Stephanie Goss, to come in and help us out with Uncharted and there's no job description, and then a month or two months later I come back and say, hey, Stephanie, I wrote a job description for you. Here it is. You have one of two thoughts probably. You're like, I didn't sign up for this. This is, right. or, you know, this is, not, this is not something for, for me. Right. Or you say, I've created my own job description and now I'm working my butt off. And you just threw 10 other things on top of me and you didn't include the things I'm working my butt off on. Why? Because you didn't realize that they have to get done. Why? Because I'm doing them so you're not noticing that they're not getting done. Right. And right. so those are the two ways that I see a late coming job description fail the person who we're trying to manage. Well, and I think the other the other thing that often happens, um, you know, you mentioned she could have been floundering um, you know, put into the position and then floundering. The other thing that I see happen a lot is that I see, um, in particular with technicians, I see them get put into a lead position and not given a job description or expectations or given a very um, <laughs> loose definition of what someone thinks that the job should be. Um, and then I see them continue to be the amazing badass technicians that they've always been. And doing um, doing some of those smaller things, like you said, the things that need to get done. So they know that they need to get done and they just start doing them. Maybe they were always doing them, but maybe they take on more of those things. Um, and so in their minds, they are stepping up because they are taking on those things that needed to get done and weren't getting done or that nobody liked doing so that now they've they've assumed that responsibility. And they are doing things um, and they are getting things accomplished on top of their normal technician duties. And it feels very frustrating because I've, I've been in that position. When you are in that position, it feels very frustrating to have someone come from, um, you know, the side or behind you and say, okay, I, 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 I don't think. Um, you know, here's the job that I would like you to do. The way that I have always received that information has been from a place of feeling like you're telling me that I'm not doing a good job or doing a good enough job. And so now you're going to manage me with a job description. And that feels really frustrating and it feels really uncomfortable. And so the concern for me here is that she was put into a position without the job description and clear expectations for the role. And if you don't start the conversation by asking her 
what is she doing? What does she think her job is? Where does she think things stand? You stand to make a giant mess of this situation um, if it's not approached in in the right in the right manner. I think. Yeah, let's unpack that a bit. So that's the second part of this for me, which is the feedback that our lead technician is getting. Yeah. So you say, you know, oh, if this job description appears. Mm-hmm. then I'm going to read between the lines like a normal person and say, right. I'm clearly being given this job description because I'm not doing what they want. Right. If I was doing what they want, they wouldn't have made a job description. They would have just been happy. Right. And so it feels like awkwardly delivered feedback. You yeah. know what I mean? Like hidden yeah. feedback. And that may 100% not be what's happening uh, with Raul. But it, man, but reading between the lines, I'm with you. It feels like I'm getting a job description because I'm obviously not doing what they want me to do, which is super frustrating because I came in and there was no job description and no one told me what to do. And so now I'm working hard and I'm feeling like I'm not working on the right things. Why? Because my crystal ball didn't tell me what the right things were. So I'm feeling that way. Other things I want to pull out. Um, He says that uh, the lead technician, uh, I feel like she avoids confrontation, so she doesn't help with staff interpersonal issues. Uh, So so he doesn't seem to like that. And he says um, about the the training, um, I have a hard time confronting her about the fact that she doesn't train the way that I like to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't want her thinking she's not doing a good job, but... I don't think she's always doing enough as a lead tech. It right. sounds to me like Raul is saying, I don't want her thinking she's not doing a good job, but I don't like the job that she's doing. Right. And I struggle to tell her that. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's exactly what I'm reading here. And again, yeah. this tech is being set up to fail. If right. you know, she's not getting feedback, she's being set up to fail. Yeah. And so, um, so do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And I, so I think for me, if I, if I was Raul, I think that there's really, there's a couple of different ways that you could play this. You could say to, um, Julie, Hey, Julie, um, you know, I, I have a job description for you and here's the job I want you to be doing. And, um, let her infer from that, that you think that she's not doing a good job. Um, And all of the things that we just talked about, because honestly, that's how it happens in a lot of clinics. It's like, hey, you didn't have a job description before. I think that you're not doing a great job. I also don't like to have confrontation. So my solution to it is that I'm going to give you a job description and just be like, hey, here's your job description. This is the job that I now want you to do without actually having the discussion and having any feedback. Oh, totally. This is (laughs) true people who don't like conflict. Right. Like. (laughs) Like dancing around yeah. the elephant in the room. Yeah, all the time. I see it exactly in vet all the is. time. Or, or Raul could, um, you know, sit down and have a conversation and say, "Hey, Julie, how how's it going? How do you think things going? What do you like about your job? What do you not like about your job?" And for me, approaching it from a place of conversation and allowing there to be safety created is going to be the best way for Raul to try and come out of this situation with things being in a good, um, a good place in, in my opinion, because I, having been this, having been this CSR or having been this, um, you know, technician where, where you're like, Oh, okay, here's your job description. It's, it sucks, man. It feels like someone it's, you see it. You see them telling you, I don't think you're doing a good job. So here's the job description that I want you to do. And there's not any actual feedback about what you're doing wrong. Only approaching it from the perspective. Here's what I do if you were doing it right. And that, that feels correct. That feels crummy as a, as a person to not get that. And so I think, I think Raul needs to sit down and have a conversation with Julie and try and create, um, a space where she feels comfortable to talk about how she thinks things are going and open up the door to um, the third layer of the conversation, which 
like it or not, Raul has the opportunity to kind of take onus of the situation, whether he created it or not. But to just say, hey, look, I want to help you out because what I see is you got put into this position. You didn't have a job description. You didn't have clear expectations. And I see you potentially getting set up to fail and I want to help with that. So let's talk about what you think, how you think things are going, what you like, what you don't like, and move forward together as a team. That kind of approach is very vastly different from coming at this from the place I kind of sense that Raul might be coming at it from, which is I'm super frustrated because I want this job to get done a certain way and I want things to get smoother. And so I'm going to, I'm going to paperwork it to death. And yeah. I just, I just think that that approach, I have never seen that approach work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Let me give you, let me give you a story from my own life from yesterday. All right. <laughs> so yesterday. So I usually do the dishes in our house. Like that's one of the things that I just sort of take. And I, I like the kitchen to be clean uh-huh. and that's sort of a thing for me. And one of my real pet peeves is uh, when people treat the sink as the recycling bin. Yeah. So like if there's something that you go in the recycling and it's dirty, so they drop it in the sink. And so I hate that. And so I walked in the kitchen, and in the sink was a yogurt cup. And I looked at my <laughs> wife, and we're in, we're, we've been together a lot. And so, you know, <laughs> so I said, I, I, and I said it nicely. I said, honey, it really helps me out if you don't put recycling stuff in the sink. Uh-huh. Which is that thing in your marriage that you've said a million times. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she lost it and she, she got really mad. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I, like, this is the, I should be able to ask you these things. And so we <laughs> kind of parted ways and she came back later and she said, I'm sorry that I got mad. I should not, I should not have reacted that way. And then she explained to me that she and my daughter had been doing baking in the kitchen and it was a complete disaster. Right. And she cleaned the whole damn kitchen. You know what I mean? Right. And she had cleaned everything and then the last thing that she did when she was done was she was hungry. She had some yogurt and she just, she, she just set the cup down. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I didn't walk in and say, thank you so much the kitchen for cleaning right. the kitchen for all right. the work that you did. Right. I walked in and the first and only thing I said to her was, could you do this differently? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so that's a beautiful example of what happens when we do things like this is right. I'm not acknowledging all of the work the person is doing. I'm not talking about all the great stuff that they're doing. I'm not working collaboratively. I'm just saying, yeah, let me, uh, mm. so, so a couple things that, uh, that I need to have you do, you right. know what I mean? And right. of course, <laughs> of course I didn't mean to come in and be critical. I was just like, Hey, you know, I'm just, this is a thing that comes up. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just going to, going to say something. And so I, I hope that's not too much of a stretch to understand what I'm saying as far as you've got someone, they're working hard, they're doing great things, and you come in and you just give them more to do without acknowledging yeah. what they're doing. It's easy for that person to feel resentment. And so, yeah. so that's, that's the first point of this, okay? And, and I think even if, look, even if Raul is 100% right, and let's just hallucinate, That maybe Julie hasn't stepped up and maybe Julie is literally just doing the same job she did as a technician before and nothing has really changed. He, Raul could approach it from the perspective of Julie potentially feeling really crappy about the situation and feeling like she's doing a really bad job and being potentially sad and upset and frustrated and then maybe that turning into resentment or um, Raul could approach it from a place of teamwork and, and say, Hey, look, I want to make the best possible situation working together as you, because I'm a supervisor and you're the lead technician, you're a team and we're going to work together moving forward. And so I want to make a good thing. Let's start from there. Um, that choice to look at it from that perspective of positivity and lay aside any blame or frustration that Raul might have about the situation is going to serve him far better than coming at it from the place of, hey, Julie, I'm super frustrated and irritated totally. with you. 
right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Raul's not going to say that. So, so, so let's talk about how nice people get in trouble. Because I'm imagining Raul is a very nice person uh-huh. who who also doesn't like confrontation. Right. And so he's trying to be kind, right? He's yep. trying to be nice and not hurt her feelings by having a direct conversation. Yeah. And that backfires. And so what helps me is to say, well, what is kind here? Is it kind for me to dance around this and not have this direct conversation? Right. Or is it kind uh, is it kind for me to not have this conversation and just wait until uh, Julie gets fired because she's not meeting expectations or you know what I mean or she gets demoted and put back as a technician? Or is it kind for me to have this direct conversation with her, tell her what she needs to do to be successful, mm-hmm. and then support her? Mm-hmm. And I think anyone who looks at this at all goes, well, obviously, telling tell her what she needs to know to be successful. That is the kindest thing. And, and I, really, I, I really take that to heart. So um, I've struggled with this. I don't like confrontation. I have come a long, long way because I do believe the kindest thing is to say to people who work for you, this is what I see, and let's talk about it. This is a conversation. It's not me coming and giving you directives, right? I'm not giving you guidance from on high. That's not how leadership works, you know? Right. This is a this is a supportive discussion, but I'm going to have this discussion with you. And so, so what is kind? Remember that you are not giving this person directives. That's not how management is. Forget managing. Just be a leader. Leaders listen. Leaders listen, they communicate, they support, and, and that's what we're going to do. And the last thing that I want to say to Raul about the feedback that's here is it feels to me like this is a lot of critical feedback of you're doing this well or you're not doing this well or this needs to be done differently. I would flip that all over and say, stop it. Raul, what is kind? And then go and develop this person. Mm-hmm. Develop them, Right. Give them feedback in a developmental way, not in a critical way. Right. And so you go and you say, how can I support you? Right. Let's get you up and going. You know, it's not, um, it's not you're not doing training the way that I want. Right. It's let's talk about growing you into someone who can do this. If she doesn't like having interpersonal conversations and she avoids confrontations, I I wouldn't go and say, you need to start having these confrontations because that's in your job description. Right. I would say, let's start talking about dealing with these tough conversations. Right. And let's grow you. Let's work on these things together. Mm -hmm. And now she's supported. And I'm not just expecting her to do something that she's never had any training in. She's not good at. She doesn't like. Right. I mean, yeah, that, that sucks. And we just say to people, essentially, it's like, you don't like conversation. You need to suck it up and do it. It's like, well, how about we make them more comfortable with confrontation right. by mentoring them, guiding them, discussing the best ways to do this. And so, again, set up to fail in my mind. Right. Well, and I think that for me, that's that for me, that's point number two, which is that when I read this, I thought okay so it sounds like julie was made a lead because she's a great technician but does that mean that she's actually a leader and i don't i i see this time and time again where we put technicians into positions of leadership because they're amazing awesome technicians and so we assume that because they're great at their job that they should be able to teach other people how to do their job but a that's not necessarily true and b that doesn't necessarily mean that they want it and C, you have to ha- have to figure out what kind of leader they are. And so if Julie hasn't had any actual leadership training, um, then she, again, has been completely set up to fail here because maybe she doesn't have the tools that she needs to conversations or address um, the staff interpersonal issues. Those are not things that people innately know how to deal with right. well. They need to be taught. And that's that's something that we fail at time and time again in veterinary medicine. And so this is where I think Raul has, um, an, I, I would say, an opportunity. It's not his fault necessarily, 
But dude, fall on the sword here and say, hey, look, I see this and I see that you didn't get any of this and you got set up to fail and I want to help fix that. And he has an opportunity to then come out of this as a true partner for Julie and looking like the good guy versus approaching it and saying, you know, here's a job description and responsibilities for you. These are things I don't think you're doing, which leaves him looking like the bad guy. Yes, I, I, you, I think you're spot, you're spot on. When I say again and again, this technician has been set up to fail. I don't mean that as a criticism, Raul. I mean right. that as a tool. Like that's the angle. Is mm-hmm. you say, hey, you have been set up to fail. Yep. I want to help you be successful. Let's talk. Yep. And now you're not coming from a place of, I'm criticizing you. You're coming from a place of, I am helping you. Let's talk. Right? And that, I just, I feel like that is so important. So, um, yeah. If you're going to move someone up in your organization, you have got to grow them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why people don't understand that. You know, it's like, I, I think that technicians can very often be wonderful managers and, you know, and they can absolutely do those things, but you can't just grab them and say, she's a great tech. Bam. Now you're the manager. Figure it out. Like right. you, you have, you have to look at the person at a deeper level and say, what skills does she really have? Well, she's a great tech. Well, that's, a, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Well, she has great attention to detail. Wonderful. Let's take that attention to detail and refocus it on a managerial skill. You right. know what I mean? Right. As like, you can't say, she's a great tech, go do this. Like, well, what is she a great tech? Well, she is diligent. She doesn't make mistakes. Wonderful. Let's put her in a process administrative position that requires attention to detail where we don't want mistakes. Let's give her systems to work in and let's have her figure that out. And like, let's help her grow into that. We say, well, she's a great tech. Well, why is she a great tech? Well, she's a wonderful communicator and she can motivate clients to follow recommendations and perfect. Great. She's going to be your HR person. You know, she's going to be your your leader on the ground who is great at motivating the other staff and, mm-hmm. you know, keeping them, uh, affecting the culture positively and getting that stuff done and motivating the troops. Like, that's it. Maybe she's not good at the, at the attention to detail. That's fine. But you need to understand what her strengths are and her weaknesses are mm-hmm. and grow her in the way you need her to be. And so anyway... Big part of this is cut down on, don't think of it as criticism. Think of it as opportunities to grow this person to be more successful and have more skills than they have now. And that yeah. that closes that out. And that brings me to the third thing for me. Do you want to take a guess? Oh, man. No, go for it. I am concerned about some micromanaging. <laughs> this, this is the one thing that I would put on roles. So honestly, everything else I would say, roles, you know, is, is uh, I'm not putting anything on here. And again, this comes from a place of love. Roll wrote us this email. I don't want him to be like, this was a terrible mistake. Um, <laughs> I, he just, he just said the phrase that sets off alarms yeah. for me. For both of us. For both of us. Yeah. I, it is, um, let's see, where is it? I'm scanning here. Um, I do have a hard time letting my lead tech train my new employees. Although she does an okay job, it's not the way that I would do it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. She, it's not the way that I would do it. it. This reminds me of that meme that I love, which says me, why is it anyone helping me? And then it says also me. No, no, not that way. Here, let me do it. Yes. Yes. It's totally true. And look, this, I, I laugh about this one. And I, I think part of uh, like, I'll, I'll be honest and real for a second here. Part of why I spotted this piece of it and that stood out so clearly is because I've been Raul. I've been that person and it is hard. It is hard to let go. I think honestly, learning to let go is one of the hardest lessons for so many managers to learn because 
there are a lot of people in management and in leadership roles who have um, type A personalities, who have perfectionist tendencies, who want things to be done in a specific and clear way. And we often are also the people that struggle to articulate how we want that done. And so all of the other people who are trying to do it are feeling um, like the people in the meme where they're frustrated because you're telling them no, but they're doing they're doing their best with the information that they have. And so I I feel this, Raul, because this was this is and still to this day is one of the things that I struggle with the most as a manager and is just letting, let it go, <laughs> let it go. Yeah. That's, that is exactly it. And it's, um, we could, we could and should do a whole episode on letting people do things for yeah. you <laughs> because that is something that so many vet people really struggle with. Yes. And it, it is career limiting. Yes. Um, and I don't mean to, to, to overstate this, but, the difference in you being able to run three practices at the same time yeah. and you topping out at head technician is your ability to let other people do things. And yeah. if you can't let them just do it, even though it's not exactly how you would do it, then you can't run three practices. You just yeah. can't. Uh, there's yeah. not enough time in the day. You, there's too many things for you to do. Yeah, And so, so you've got to do that. The, my short thing on this is if you ever catch you sh- yourself saying, that's not the way that I would do it, that, that should be a flag in your mind. And you go, Oh, I'm being picky. I, I am be, you know, I'm being picky. If you say, yes, they don't do it to the quality or the outcome is not where I want it to be. That's different. Right. But if you say they do. Okay. It's just not the way that I would do it. Yeah. At this point, you need, to, you're going to pick your poison. Yes. And management is all about picking the lesser of two evils. You know, yeah. it's always picking your poison. And I hate it, but that's just what management is. And so pick your poison. Uh, yeah. Do you sure. want to have uh, this your, your new staff member trained without you having to do it, but it's not done exactly the way that you want it done? Or do you want to have to find time in your schedule to do this, knowing that you might not get it done and this person's going to be half trained and yeah. frustrated and you're going to feel guilty all the time because yeah. it didn't get done because you didn't make time for it. And yeah. so pick your poison. Like those, and, those are your two options that I can and, see. And Raul said that. I mean, he said, I have yep. a new hire starting. I just really want to be in charge of her training. I just don't always have the time to do so. And the answer really, I think, from both of us there is you either have to do it or don't do it. You can't yes. halfway do it. It's not fair to the person who's being trained. It's not fair to Julie. And it's not fair to you, um, Raul, to be taking on part of that additional workload because you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get um, frustrated with the results and the outcome. And so this is where you have a very clear choice to make. If it really, if that, and this is where I say, look, as a leader, you should have things on your plate that are things that you enjoy doing that make you passionate and excite you. You have to decide what those things are. And maybe training is one of those things for you. Maybe you want to be in charge of the training Maybe you want that to be a part of your job description. If you do, then you have to 100% to commit to that mm-hmm. and and uh, take that off Julie's plate and give her something else that she can do. Or you need to step back and you need to say, I'm, in a, I'm, I'm okay with this. It might get done differently than I would do it. It might have different results and different outcomes and they might train differently. There might be different styles of how they approach things or how they talk to their team members, even down to little things like how are they doing their one-on-ones while someone's training, you have to be able to let go of all of that. And so you, this is a really, this is a tipping point for you, Raul, is that you have to figure out, is this something that's going to drive you bonkers? The answer to that question is yes. Then you need to keep this thing on your plate in its entirety and you need to hand other things off. Yeah. It's part of it is game theory, right? So it's game theory. The best outcome is that I, Raul, train this person exactly the way that I want to train them, 
and they are wonderful. The second best outcome is that I give training over to someone else who does it their own way, and I get an employee who's not exactly trained the way that I want them trained, but they have received competent, good training. So mm -hmm. that's the second. And the worst outcome is that I don't hand the training responsibilities over, and I also don't complete the training or do the training the way it deserves to be done. And now I have an employee who never got fully trained yeah. and doesn't feel like a priority, and I feel guilty. And so the it's a game because starting at the very beginning and saying, I'm going to take the second best outcome, that doesn't feel good. But with experience, you start to realize there's a very good chance I'm going to get the worst outcome Yeah. Uh, if I don't just take the second best outcome. And so at some point, you just say, you know what? I'm taking the second best outcome and going on with my life and not thinking too much about it. And and let's be real. Like, I'm... I. <laughs> I am empathizing so hard with Raul right now because oh, yeah. I've been doing this for 16 years and I am literally right at this moment in the middle of this exact situation at my current clinic. Like I love training. I was a teacher before I got into veterinary medicine. It's something I'm super passionate about. And in my current practice, I was like, look, I got way bigger fires to put out. And so I'm going to give this up and I'm going to let somebody else do it. But I did exactly what Raul was doing, which was micromanage from the side and was like, oh, but you should, you could do this and you could do that. And the, I promise you that the end result will be that you have someone or multiple someones in a worst case scenario who feel like they totally got screwed and they got the short end of the stick and they didn't get really good training from you. And they also didn't get really good training from Julie because there was no clarity on who was doing what, when. And people get super frustrated and it is, it is a hard pill to swallow because it is a very bitter one to have to sit there and say to your team, Hey, I screwed this up. I tried to, you know, armchair quarterback on this one and I made your job worse. I made your job harder and I, I want to help now fix that. Sometimes you get to fix it, but sometimes you don't. And sometimes you have people who quit and walk away and are like, screw this. I didn't get enough training. I didn't get enough support. I'm not happy in this position. And so I think this is a real opportunity for Raul to say, is this something you have a brand new employee starting before this employee starts? You have to make this decision for yourself with Julie for the new employee, because otherwise I promise that you're probably going to wind up sitting in shoes that are not very fun to sit in, which is you have team members who are super frustrated. They're not trained. You're frustrated with the results. Julie's probably frustrated and potentially someone could want to quit and walk away. Right. So, yeah. And so lo love for Raul. You and I literally go back and forth, uh, prying things out of each other's hands. Yeah. Like we have been like, I cannot tell everybody. I'll just be really candid and honest. How many times I've said, I will do this paperwork. I will write this thing up. I will make the phone call and talk to him about uh, speaking at Uncharted in October. And you have said, you do not have time to do those things. Let me take this. And like, it, it's, it's almost literally me holding um, paperwork and you doing the one little piggy, this little piggy, as you undo my fingers, you know, to take it out of my hands and go, no, you don't have time for this. I am going to take this and it will be fine. And I have done it to you many, many times as well. Mm -hmm. And it has caused hurt feelings sometimes when it hasn't gone right, you know, Yeah. but you and I are both better for those conversations of, oh, yeah. I am going to take this from you. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I'm not going to do it the way that you would do it. It's going to be done and it's going to be fine. Uh -huh. You know, and you, so I do not want Raul to feel shade. Um, like, trust me, this is just part of the deal. Yeah, it is a sure. weird, sick balance of I care very deeply about what I'm doing. And in order to be really good, I have to not care so much to not let other people do it. 
in a way that I wouldn't do it. You know, like that is a weird, sick balance to try to maintain. And so that, uh, that's it. So that's what I got. The big things are, you know, we didn't start with clear expectations. We can't go back and do that, but we can rebuild expectations with Julie. I think that that's really important. The feedback we need to do is what is kind and then let's develop Julie, develop Julie with developmental feedback. Let's talk to her about how to make her successful. And the goal is not for her to be perfect today. She won't be perfect today. The goal is to make her the best there's ever been in three to five years. Right. And just start growing her and developing her. And it won't be three to five years before she's great. Three to five years before she's the best there's ever been. And the last thing, and this is the thing that's on Raul personally, is this is a time for you to think strategically about delegation. And again, you can train her in how to train staff if that's important but you need to think strategically and long term about delegation and then work on being able to do that because that is going to allow you to continue to move up in your career to manage bigger and bigger teams to have more and more opportunities to do more and more things Mm -hmm. i love it totally agree cool well thanks for doing this i'm 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 glad that you felt up to it. Um, just so everybody knows, I did not make Stephanie do this podcast. Although <laughs> I did text her and be like, hey, how you feeling? <laughs> so, uh, you okay? Yeah, you good? Yeah, all right. Well, um, how do you feel about podcasting? Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I love it. This, uh, this, this, made, this made my day. I'm going to turn off my microphone and cough for about five minutes. Okay, but- good. <laughs> this mean my day. Stephanie's calendar is podcasting one hour, coughing 45 minutes, sleeping 45 minutes. <sighs> Thanks, buddy. Take care of yourself, all right? I'll talk to you soon. Have a great week, you guys. Take care, Andy. All right. See you. Bye. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Please join me in wishing Stephanie a speedy recovery. I hope she's going to bounce right on back. It was good to hear her laughing today. Good to see her smiling. I care a lot about her. She's uh, she's made me a bit nervous recently, so she is in my uh, heart and thoughts always. And so I hope that you guys will send her some, some positive vibes. If you have questions for me and Stephanie to tackle, go ahead and send us an email. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. We will see you next week.